2: Got a really good text from my guy, Peg Leg Raider. Always appreciate him. do broke.com. Text sign is 69187, keyword r I feel like we're asking the same question in different ways. Doesn't character impact the player's overall grade in the team system? If that's factored in and Carter's still your highest graded player, there you go. Why even make a draft board if you're not going to follow it? Trust your board. Just trust your process. Draft the best player available. You bring up a great point. If everything that's going on with Jalen Carter, he's still your highest graded player when you go to pick? You probably should trust that if you have the conscience. Again, I go back to if you feel okay with, hey, this guy, you know, off the field is gonna be fine and he still grades out as an A, then sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, again, I'm not gonna I'm not going to fault anyone for doing whatever decision they make because that's their decision. Me, I wouldn't do it. But again, I'm just talking about me. If it's me, I'm looking at Tyree Wilson. If it's me, I'm looking at Christian Gonzalez. If it's me, I'm looking at Devon Witherspoon. I'm looking at what other defensive linemen is available. I mean, there's a bunch of guys that are available. I'm, I'm, I'm not. And I said that the day of the combine. I said that when we were in Indianapolis doing the show, Vinny was on the show at the time, and I said, I, if I'm the Raiders, I feel like I have to take Jalen Carter off my board. But that's me. Just me. Not anyone else. And again, I have plenty of personal reasons why I would do that. So that's, that's me. That, that's not Dave Ziegler. That's not Joshua Daniels. That's not Champ Kelly. Whatever they feel good with, and they have five million different people that look into guys' backgrounds, they'll go and talk to his kindergarten teacher. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, they'll go and do all their due diligence. So if they do their due diligence and everything checks out and they feel like, hey, you know what? This guy just made one bad mistake and his pro day was bad because he had a lot going on. Cool. Get him. Go get him. I won't fault him. You won't hear me coming in here and say, oh, my gosh, that was a terrible pick. How could You, you won't hear me say that. I'll, I'll, I'll sit here and say, hey, they grabbed the best defensive player that was on their board and moving forward. And he's going to help Max Crosby get to the quarterback. He's going to help Chandler Jones get to the quarterback. He's going to help Jordan Willis get to the quarterback. He's going to help a lot of guys get to the quarterback, and he's going to get to the quarterback himself. That's what I'll say if they pick him at number 7. You will not hear me judging that young man, and you won't hear me judging the front office by who they select. Again, that's their selection. We got Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports coming up in a matter of minutes to talk all things UNLV. We've been having a fun discussion today. I like, to, I, like to, I like to have challenges, right? I like to challenge you, and I like you to challenge us. That's the fun of it, right? We don't all have to be kumbaya every day. It's like, oh, it's, I agree with Q, or I agree with him. No, it's, it's cool. We could always have pushback discussions and still be respectful. Cucamonga Raider said, it's a hard pass for me on Jalen. Maybe I'm old school, but in the real world, if you don't show up to an interview because you got a lot of things going on in your life, you might as well call it a day because you're not getting a call back for a second one. Jalen didn't show up to his pro day, a.k.a. his interview prepared. Uh, and if you look at the pattern of moves the Raiders brass has made, so far this is not the guy that I would take at seven. They're looking for mentally tough and committed individuals that's a Raider, and there's a guy that feels the exact opposite. Right? <laughs> so, I mean, that, that's the funny thing, man, and that's why anybody that we bring on that talks NFL draft. That's one of the questions I always ask. Like, hey, where do you think this young man stocks at? Because at one point, if Chicago had stayed there at number one, he legit was a a guy that could have gone number one overall. He very well could have been the very best selection and the very the very best you know prospect in the upcoming draft, and he still might be. According to some folks on their board. So uh, that's why it's just all over the place, no matter who you talk to. And believe me, I talk to a lot of draft guys as I do a lot of different radio shows and a lot of different podcasts. I'm talking to a lot of draft dudes all the time. And it doesn't mean they got it right either. But uh, hit us up with your thoughts 69187 keyword so com Text line. Join us now on the phone lines is our good friend Paloma Villacano from Fox 5 Sports. Now on Twitter at Paloma Fox 5 News. <laughs> so, Paloma, let's start there. You were in yeah. You were in Louisiana, you were in Baton Rouge, you said yeah. you're going to bring us some stuff back, and all you brought back was a new Twitter account. What in the world happened?
0: <laughs> I mean, there's just so much going on in Twitter world right now, and, um, you know, it just was bad timing, too, at the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, I just, just woke up one morning, checked my phone, and my Twitter account was deactivated. So... Um, I spent, like, a week, you know, trying to figure it out, trying to get it back, trying to, you know, text Elon Musk, do what I got to <laughs> do. Um, but, you know, now that there's so many changes, you know, there was nothing Fox 5 could do, and, um, you know, there's so much going on that's, that's new, and there's there's so much that's going to happen in the future, too, with Twitter. So, Oh, I know. Um, but the number one thing is that no one works there anymore. So, like, if you have an issue... <laughs> It is not going to be resolved. So, hold please.
2: I'll say hold please. Hold please.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I I waited about a week and it was you know no no dice on on getting my account back. So the good thing is, and I always try and find the good things out of every you know unfortunate situation, is that um, I've been able to just kind of refollow you know some some old friends, some old coworkers, some people I haven't talked to and a million years, you know, some, some people I went to school with, and it's actually kind of rekindled, you know, some new relationships, and, um, you know, I've just been able to, you know, just kind of catch up with old friends, friends I used to work with in my first market, you know, so um, I'm always trying to find the good out of, you know, bad situations, so the good thing is is that I've made a lot of new friends <laughs> in the past couple days, um, you know, and. And then the other side of it is I had a ton of, uh, you know, just like NFL network reporters and, you know, just a ton of people reach out to me and be like, what happened? What do I need to do? You know? And I was like, man, I, I can't, I can't help you. I can't help you with, you know, what's going on. But, um, you know, everything happens for a reason. I'm really thankful to still be, you know, in this little Twitter world that we're in, but, you know, more importantly, the the most important people in my life are you know in my phone, right. you know, texting, calling. So, um, you know, Paloma Fox Five Vegas. If you if you want to Paloma Fox Five News, right? I was about
2: to say, wait a minute, hold on.
0: <laughs> I don't even know my handle yet. So, um, but you know, it's and, and the funny the funny thing is is like, you know, we wrapped up the the tournament, and I was you know kind of just looking forward to going home and resting and you know, getting some rest. And I was like, now I have this to deal
2: with. <laughs> right.
0: It's all good, though. It's all good. It's just, and you know what? You know what, Q? It's like, I have my house. I have my car. I have my family. Like, you know, Twitter is just not, you know, it's just something we use. So it's all good.
2: There you go. Hey, you know what? You need to bring that positivity on over to Raider Nation, man. I'm like, <laughs> we got it. We got a seat right here at Raider Nation Radio for you. <laughs> bring yeah. all that positivity. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Those blue checks are worth more than gold. I mean, uh, you're taking this better than I would, man. If you you lost the blue check, I mean, Jesus. Oh, man, not the blue check. (laughs) I mean... Who's that, gonna know that it's actually you now?
2: That's funny. That's what we know. The the, the, the the real ones know that it's Paloma. Yeah. So Paloma Villacana, Fox Five Sports, again on Twitter, her new Twitter at Paloma Fox Five News. Make sure you go ahead and give her a follow, Raider Nation. She's very positive, as you could tell. But wanted to get into some UNLV uh, yeah. conversation. Of course, the Lady Rebels—they stopped dancing. They lost to Michigan. Michigan eventually lost to LSU. But uh, mm-hmm. as far as just the, the the program moving forward, what does Coach LaRock have to do to you know get them back in gear for next? Season and make another run. I mean, who's coming in? Who are they losing? What what's, what's the what's the outlet on the uh, on the team look like?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think they're using some. I mean, I think they're losing some players like Essence Booker, um, like Justice Etheridge. You know, some seniors that that were you know kind of the core of the team. But I mean, to get Desiree Ray Young back, you know, the tournament MVP, she's a walking double double. Um, you know, and to get a lot of her young her young players back, Alyssa Dorazzo Frescas, Kiara Jackson, Jasmine Lott. I mean, her, her roster is, is mostly freshmen and sophomores, um, just with the addition of, of Desiree Young and Essence Booker. So um, the future is bright for UNLV, as we've seen the history they made this season with, you know, 32 wins and, um, you know, going undefeated in conference play. Um, and you know, it was just—it was just a great time to be with the Lady Rebels on the road. I was able to really get to know Lindy Larock and really get to know um, her program, her family. You know how rooted she is here in Las Vegas. How passionate she is uh, to win, to win. I mean, that—that that girl does not like to lose, as we've seen. You know, Lindy's lost. I think mean, they lost three games this season. You know, they lost three games this season. So. Um, you know, the future is bright for Lindy LaRock and it's been awesome to see, uh, her recruit locally, you know, bring in local players. So now that, that Justice Etheridge and Essence Booker and, and, and I think one more senior is leaving, um, you know, who replaces the leadership of Essence Booker shoes and, you know, how does, how does Desiree Young only build off the dominant season they had? So, uh, one thing Lindy LaRock said, they, they, they expect to be back at the NCAA tournament next year, and they expect to win.
1: I know that the atmosphere must have been crazy down there. So tell us about that. Down in LSU, I know they didn't get the win, but what was the game like?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was just awesome to be, you know, on the campus of LSU, in their facilities, in their practice courts, in the arena. Um, you know, it is the SEC. And, and hell, it's LSU. You know, <laughs> it's kind of the Taj Mahal of, of the SEC. Um, and you know you got the the football field right across the street, but the facility was you know top notch. They had practice courts, they had the arena, they had um, you know the the weight room. It was it was all just beautiful. But um, and it was great to see to see some um, Michigan fans travel down. I know a lot of Michigan fans drove down. I know a lot of UNLV fans flew out. There was a lot of red in, in the crowd, but uh, you know it was just a tough tough first half from from the Lady Rebels. I think Essence Booker. Said, you know they came out and 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 it felt like a practice like it felt like they they just weren't in it in the first half um you know they kind of kind of rallied back in the second half but you know 71 to 59 um you know not not the outcome they wanted but Lindy Larock and, and she's got that look in her eyes like <laughs> know, this team's going to be hungry to come back and win um you know i think it's been since like 1990 91 uh, since their first NCAA tournament win. So, um, the good thing is she's got a, a lot of young, young talent on that roster. And I feel, um, like this season, they're only going to build off that just with the, the attention her team received this year from the Aces, from, you know, Fox 5, from the Running Rebels, from UNLV football. I feel like, um, you know, this, this group put, put the Lady Rebels on the map. And I feel like Lindy LaRock will have a great time recruiting this year.
1: Let's move over to the running rebels because I've got to ask big guard Keyshawn Hall, what happened?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was kind of in the dark, not on Twitter for <laughs> a couple of days, um, but good thing for Instagram, I was still able to kind of you know see him post, see Keyshawn post uh, that they're they're entering the transfer portal. I saw Wink Adams, you know, a former running rebel, kind of share his thoughts on on the transfer portal and. Um, you know, it was it was shocking to me. You know, I was kind of just at home on my phone looking at the news and it, it was shocking to me to see, you know, two young, bright, you know, bright players for for the UNLV Runnin' Rebels, um, Keyshawn, a sophomore, Keyshawn Gilbert, a sophomore and Keyshawn Hall, a freshman. Um, but man, I just you know, there's so many question marks around the Runnin' Rebels. You got some seniors leaving like EJ Harkless, you know, Jordan McCabe. Elijah Parquet but you got some great seniors returning like uh, Luis Rodriguez and you know you'll have some leadership well we'll see who's who's returning really but mm-hmm. um, the thing the thing I wanted to see from the Running rebels this year was just consistency you know just consistency they would go on a win streak and then they would go on a losing streak and then they would beat uh, they'd be they'd beat Reno and then they would lose to you know San Jose State so it's just it was an up and down season for the Runnin Rebels and I, I think Kevin Kruger was trying to find just that consistency night in and night out from his guys but um yeah I mean we all know that the Runnin Rebels struggled this year for sure um you know they 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 weren't in that I don't think it's it's been like 10 years mm-hmm. since they've made it to the NCAA tournament so that's a long time, and you know these UNLV fans, they yeah. want to see the Red and Rebels in the NCAA tournament ASAP.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Again, Paloma Villacana is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So what do they need? What do they need to add to their squad to, to be able to make them a team that can take that next step? They started out the season fantastic, 10-0, and 0, and they just weren't able to sustain that. So what's, what's next, Paloma? What's the next step for them?
0: Well, I really thought Keyshawn Gilbert would be kind of their guy, you know, the face. I mean, he's on the cover of magazines. You know, I, I really thought he would be, um, you know, become a leader, a leader on this team and, and kind of help the running Rebels, um, you know, because he was scrappy. I mean, the guy was scrappy on defense. Um, he was a weapon on offense. Um, so, you know, he, he, Keyshawn Gilbert was one of their best players for sure. So that's the thing about the, NCAA, the, 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 the transfer portal. You know, the yeah. transfer portal has changed things up so much. And, you know, I've talked, I've talked to coaches off camera and I'm like, you know, do you guys expect to have a brand new team every year? And, you know, some of the coaches off camera just tell me, you know, they, they have to prepare for anything every year. And and the number one thing is trying to get players to stay um, and trying to get local players to stay and play at UNLV. That's a big factor too. So, um, what does UNLV need? They need a guy who who's all in, you know, who's all in, who wants to be at UNLV all four years and wants to help Kevin Krueger establish, um, you know, a foundation. But when you have the transfer portal of guys coming in and out every year, and it's not just UNLV—I mean, it's every program mm-hmm. in the country, um, you know—and and the transfer portal it does help you. You know, you got guys from the SCC, you got guys from the Big Twelve, but it, it's just the it's just them staying and wanting to build something with Kevin Krueger and the program. So we'll see what kind of players he picks up uh, this off season.
2: Well, I'll tell you right now, uh, if he needs a six, five point guard that uh, his daddy lives locally. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just throwing it out there. I know a guy. You know, what I mean, I'm uh, I'm here to help. Way. I'm here to help, Paloma. I'm here to assist. Right, taking care of the community. If he needs a six five point guard, can handle the rock. He's a, he's a little skinny. Las
0: Vegas local. I'm just saying, he's a little
2: skinny, <laughs> but but you get him on a little bit of a uh, you know a weight gain program. I can take care of that. We got that right. So <laughs> there's yeah. there is that. But uh, as we wrap this up, I did want to ask you, how about? How about the Aces? Fox Five is going to be all over the Aces. Yeah. You guys are going to be broadcasting all the games. We broadcast them here on our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. Uh, how excited are you about that? And 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 how busy are you going to be with that moving forward?
0: Yeah, you know, Q. That's my next. That's my next assignment. You know, I'm kind of taking some time off this week, kind of just regrouping and and figuring out you know things I need to take care of at home. But that's my next assignment, and I'm I'm hungry. Like I'm I'm eager to get into the studio with. Um, you know, all, all their new additions and with Kelsey Plum and Asia Wilson and, and the core that they're bringing back. Um, I actually wanted to fly out to Dallas this week and catch up um, the last week of Athletes Unlimited in, in Dallas and watch Sidney Colson and Kirsten Bell. Uh, they're playing out there. So, but one thing about this Aces team, man, they're just, they're funny. They're great people on and off the court. They got great personalities. I know Asia Wilson told me, this is the most fun she's ever had in her life with this team. Um, and, you know, for, for the core, the nucleus of the team to return next season, you know, that's huge. And, then, and there are additions that they picked up in the off season too. So they're rolling soon. I think May 27th is their first home game, I believe. So um, it'll be here before we know it. And like you mentioned, Fox 5 is the official broadcast home. Of the Aces, and I know I'll be kind of the main the main reporter for that. So I can't wait to just sit down with the players, have fun, and 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 see them right back this year.
2: There you go. Well, it should be a whole lot of fun. I can't wait to watch, and of course, the Aces with Candace Parker has added to the mix. is going to be fantastic. Yeah. So uh, good stuff right there. Uh, appreciate you as always, Paloma, and uh, we'll talk to you. Well, actually, what do you got coming up? What should we be on the lookout for?
0: Well. <laughs> Kind of just, you know, regrouping. It actually feels great to take um, just a day off. I mean, I've been grinding since since August. So it feels good to take a day off. I'll be back on Fox 5 soon. I'm um, just spending some time with my family right now before the Aces season gets rolling. But also going to check out UNLV football, too. They got two weeks left of spring ball. Um, their spring game is open to the public in not not this Saturday, but next Saturday. I think it's like April 1st. Um, at Allegiant Stadium. So want to catch up with Barry Odom and, and his guys and, and see what's cooking with, with the Rebels. And I know I, I've seen a lot of positivity from the UNLV football players that looks like they really like Barry Odom and his staff. So hoping to catch up with Doug Brumfield and, and that whole group to try and see just kind of how different they look in the spring ball with, with all the new SEC talent in the mix out there. So excited to get out to UNLV football soon. Um, and yeah, just just keep rolling.' It, it's, it's always something here in Vegas. you know there's so much going on uh, with the tournaments in town and everything. so it's non-stop in the best city in the world, you know?
2: No doubt, no doubt about it. Well, we always appreciate you, Paloma, get that uh, that Twitter thing rolling Paloma Fox Five News on Twitter again. Paloma Fox Five <laughs> News. We appreciate yeah. you so much, Paloma. <laughs>
0: Thanks, Q. See
2: you guys. All right, see you. There she goes, Paloma Villacana, Fox Five Sports on Twitter at Paloma Fox Five News. And I got a little distracted there because I saw a tweet from Foster Morrow, but I don't think it was a real tweet from Foster Morrow. So before I say anything, I retweeted it first, but then it's deleted. So I think that maybe someone is messing with Foster's Twitter account. I don't know, but we're gonna do a little investigation. We'll come back and see what Foster Morrow has to say if this is real or not. We'll break it to you. But if not, uh, I'm not gonna worry about it. We'll do, we'll do it all next. It's Rare Nation Radio, nine twenty.
0: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. All
2: right. We've been doing some investigating during the commercial break. And now I think that this could be potentially real. Oh, man. I think it is. So there was a tweet while we were talking to Paloma that came out from Foster Morrow. And basically, he's stepping away from football for medical reasons, and I'll read the tweet in a minute. And then I said, prayers up to Foster, and I tweeted, and then all of a sudden it said, deleted. So I thought, okay, maybe someone got his phone and just put a real mean, dirty trick out there, and so it was deleted. And then all of a sudden it popped up again, and now I think that it's real, because now it's spreading like hotcakes. So, former Raider tight end Foster Morrow put, through somewhat of a miraculous process, This free free agency period has been life-changing for me. During a routine physical conducted by the Saints medical team down in New Orleans, I've come to learn that I have Hodgkin's lymphoma and will be stepping away from football at this time to fight a new opponent, cancer. I'm grateful for the support and thankful for people who have stood firm with me. There hasn't been a single step I've taken without hundreds of people lighting the path before me, and I'll continue to seek their guidance. That being said, I'll go kick this thing's ass and get back to doing what I love, AMDG. So, obviously, I was like, holy blank. And then it went away. So then I was like, okay, let me delete my tweet because I don't, you know, I don't want to be that guy, try to spread news that's not real. And then we went to me and Demond both in the commercial break. Like, we've been kind of just shell-shocked. We've been looking. And it's like, okay, well, hold on. Let me make sure that this is, this is right. And then all of a sudden it popped back up again. And then, Demond, you said you saw it. On this and it's now it's still there. So I do believe that this is probably real at this point. And that sucks. That really, really sucks. Now it's I mean, it's like I said, it's spreading like wildfire. Ten statements, 20 retweets, 295 and counting likes on there. Yeah, this is all bad. So as much as we might be and moan and complain and Get upset by wins, losses, catches and drops, this and that, whatever the case may be. Talk bad about players. Talk good about players. This is real life. Again, going back to what we talked about earlier, real life. That sucks. And nothing but prayers for Foster. That really, and his family as well. I know some people that have actually met Foster's parents at, uh, matter of fact, I think it was Pittsburgh. Last year when they played Pittsburgh, I want to say my guy, most known, unknown, might have met his family getting a rental car in Pittsburgh. I I think that that's what happened. But... Be that, I mean, that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, but man, that, I mean, real, real, real deal, man. Prayers up to Foster Morrow and his family uh, from what obviously is going to be a a very tough time for them, to say the least. Uh, That really sucks. And, uh, you know, to, again, to to find out, like he said, through a miraculous process, this free agency period, life-changing during a routine physical conducted by the Saints medical team in New Orleans, he came to learn, He has Hodgkin's lymphoma and will be stepping away from football while he takes care of it. So there you go. Um, That is awful news from uh, a a dude that we got to know pretty well and uh, really a good dude in uh, Foster Morrow. 428 is the time. We'll take a break, come back. Matt Neverett, the Aviators. He'll join the show to talk about the Aviators' upcoming season and talk about the World Baseball Classics. Rare Nation Radio, 920.
0: It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
2: 4.33 is the time. Had a really good show. Adam Hill joined us at 2.30. Vinny Iyer at 3. Jay Stevens locked on Buckeyes at 3.30. Paloma Villicana, Fox 5 Sports at 4. Been fast and furious. Lots of stuff going on, including the news about Foster Morrow. Free agent tight end from the Silver and Black. We'll get back to that conversation just a little bit, but joining us now on the phone lines, uh, part of the Aviators broadcast, and the Aviators get underway coming up next week at the end of the week, uh, March 31st, is Matt Neverett. Matt, thanks so much. For your time this afternoon, wanted to have you on for multiple reasons. Wanted to talk about the Aver- Aviators. Wanted to talk about the World Baseball Classic. And let's start with the World Baseball Classic since it's fresh. Man, We just saw it get wrapped up last night. And the Aviators had multiple players represent multiple countries. How fun was that for the game of baseball just to see that that tournament going on?
3: Well, it was awesome. I want to thank you guys again for having me on. But as far as the WBC is concerned, that was just as good an exhibition of a baseball World Cup as there ever has been. I mean, I know there were a lot of people, myself, and a lot of people in Vegas included that really wanted to see the tournament come back, especially because of how much momentum that it had garnered in the 2017 tournament that featured that you know ridiculous catch by Adam Jones in the championship game against the Dominican Republic. And that was, for a lot of people, the lasting memory of what the World Baseball Classic was until this year. I mean, we saw unprecedented turnout as far as major leaguers foregoing the end of spring training. And representing their country, maybe representing a different country. A lot of guys Mm -hmm. uh, kind of flip-flopping, trying to give themselves a good opportunity uh, to to win and to have a great experience and to play a lot. So it was just a little bit different than any World Baseball Classic that we had ever seen. And I think that it was all for the better. Obviously, the players all ranted and raved about, you know, some guys said they'd rather win a World Baseball Classic championship than a World Series championship. Uh, and you got the absolute best possible game to end it as well last night. I mean, that was just a, a thriller from start to finish yesterday.
2: Yeah, no, it really was. And, you know, there's been so many efforts by Major League Baseball to make the game more fun and to, you know, have guys steal bases, make the bases bigger, change the rules to get a younger audience. I started the whole show, Matt, saying that what baseball needed to bring more fun to people's eyeballs was what we saw last night.
3: Yeah, no doubt about it. And I had seen that pointed out throughout the tournament, and I 100% agree. While a lot of these rule changes that are being introduced in the major and minor leagues do have merit, and you know, there's some data to back up a lot of the things that they're trying to influence in the game for one reason or another, I think this tournament goes to show you give a compelling product in front of a full house no matter where you go and you get the best players in the world representing their country, just like the World Cup in soccer, I mean, you're going to get what you got, which was the most viewed World Baseball Classic from start to finish ever, most viewed game in the tournament's history last night. I mean, the the number that's crazy, I mean, you know, it was a bigger deal in the U.S. This tournament has been a major, major deal in some of these smaller niche markets where baseball is huge, like Cuba and Japan. The number I saw last night, guys, was 97.4% of TVs in Japan were watching that last out of the game last night. I mean, it is a sense of national pride for some, especially those in in the, the foreign countries, like I had mentioned, Japan and Cuba, who are just baseball crazy, and, uh, you know, this tournament just goes to affirm that.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. Again, Matt Nevitz, our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Again, you can catch Matt on the Aviator broadcast that you'll hear right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. DeMond's got one for you.
1: When you talk about Japan and all of the TVs that they had watching the game, it's also doing part two. They have the best player in the world (laughs) on their team, Shohei Otani. What do you think about him as a superstar for Major League Baseball? Oh, I
3: mean, he is the, as good an international ambassador as the game could have. I mean, obviously the talent on the field is undoubtedly, you know, just something that we had, nev- we had never seen before. The, the two-way player at the level that he does it, uh, he was named all-tournament team as both a designated hitter and as a pitcher, obviously got the save last night, which was probably the biggest moment of his professional career, and it comes in a quote-unquote exhibition game during spring training. Um, just the, the 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 things that he does on the field are great, but his squeaky clean image off the field ma- makes it even better. I mean, he's a perfect spokesman. He is just always a joy to be around. Looks like he is just always having fun playing the game of baseball. and He plays it the right way. Uh, the the Japanese brand of baseball is very much about respecting the game, respecting your equipment, respecting those on the other teams, and he does all of those uh, as exemplary as anybody in baseball. So he is as perfect as we have as far as a role model for the game both on and off the field.
1: And you liked a similar tweet that I did on Twitter last night. When it comes to the Angels, I've got to talk to everybody about this. They've got the best two players in the world. The reason that that moment was so spectacular, two teammates, one striking out the other, and the team is still bad. What do the Angels need to do to get better?
3: Oh man. One of the things <laughs> that they have struggled with in years past and especially recent years has been pitching, you know, top to bottom. One thing that they did two years ago to try to address that, the 2021 first-year player draft, they drafted one through 20 pitchers. They drafted nothing but pitchers. So if you look at their top 30 prospect rankings, both by MLB Pipeline and by Baseball America, a ton of their top 30 prospects are A, from that class, B, all pitchers. So that is starting to kind of work its way up and kind of try to take care of that main issue. Uh, I, th- I think we are going to see a, a, an upstart Angels team this year. You always wonder how... Guys are going to bounce back from an emotional tournament on both the winning and the losing side throughout the early part of the year, but with guys like Trout and guys like Otani, they've never been players where you would watch them in you know April and beginning of May and say, oh man, they're, they're really struggling, they must, there must be something wrong. No, those guys are guys that are, gonna, that are going to right the ship, and they've they played some more meaningful baseball early in the year, or I guess earlier than they are used to, so you never know. But guys like that are going to get theirs, as they say. And I, I think this is going to be a, a surprising Angels team, when all of a sudden done. Maybe not a World Series contender, but I I could absolutely see them getting to the playoffs
2: this year. Again, we're talking with the voice of the Las, the Las Vegas Aviators, Matt Neverett here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. And again, the Avi- Aviators get their season started next week. Excited about that on the 31st. They are the AAA affiliate of the Oakland A's. So, Matt, looking at the season, man, it's right around the corner. I'm sure you're ready, excited, fired up for it. Uh, the A's have brought in some really good players due to some trades in the offseason, five new players on the top 30 prospects list. How excited and pumped up are you for this next season of Aviator, Aviator Baseball?
3: Oh, it's going to be awesome to get started. I mean, we saw a lot of those guys that you had mentioned, those top, top prospects, at the end of last year, namely Tyler Soderstrom and Zach Gelov. Those are going to be the two names at the beginning part of the season to keep an eye on here in Las Vegas, because you may not have an opportunity to keep an eye on them at least here for very long. Those are two guys who are you know, top, top prospects within the system. Uh, They're going to be quick movers, especially with the injury problems that the athletics are having at the major league level behind home plate. You've got Jay Langoliers, who was here all last year, mm-hmm. who figures to be the opening day catcher. Uh, Yoel Pozo, Manny Pina as well. Pina was signed, injured his wrist, so that kind of opens up a, a backup or a third catcher slot. You'll find teams carrying three catchers at the beginning of the year more often than you will throughout any time. So Soderstrom is a guy who, if there is another injury at either catcher or his other position first base, where he's a super highly rated prospect, uh, you may see him move up quickly. Same deal as Zach Geloff. He's a guy who plays second and third, could play some shortstop in a pinch, and both of those guys, just great swings. Soderstrom from the left, Gelov's from the right, but they are guys who put the ball in play and hit a ton of line drives, which in today's day and age is not always the case as far as you know top prospects. You think of the guys who are launching the ball high up in the air with exit velocities. And these two guys hit the ball hard, but... Yeah, uh, and Soderstrom, definite line drive hitters from opposite ends of the plate.
2: Yeah, no doubt. And you mentioned Shea Langoliers, and that was my guy. I mean, I covered him at Baylor. He's a hell of a player. Uh, obviously, the Braves had got him, and then they traded him to the A's, and he was only here for a hot minute. And uh, how good do you think Shea could end up being eventually on that next level?
3: I am as big a Shea Langoliers fan uh, as anybody. I mean, I, I got to know him a little bit last year. Really cool, down to earth guy for such a highly drafted, highly rated prospect really good guy to get to know and his defensive skills were major league ready to start last year I mean he has been a major league catcher uh, from the defensive end for the last two to three years it was just getting the bat to come around and the consistency night in and night out you know catching every night not getting as many nights off and they really wanted to see him take over as far as the leadership role in, in terms of running the pitching staff taking an older guy and saying hey I'm the catcher You know, these are our set of rules, what we're going to do. And he really took a lot of big jumps last year as far as all those categories. I mean, he hit for power. The power was one thing they were waiting to come around. He launched the ball out of the park. He really hit with consistency, especially towards the end of his time here in Las Vegas before he made his Major League debut in Oakland a year ago. But as far as at the Major League level, I think you're looking at a guy who could potentially, and I think he will be the everyday player behind home plate for Oakland for, you know, many, many years to come, another contract or two at the minimum.
2: You said a nice ball, or you said uh, he was hitting the ball out of the ballpark in that LV ballpark. Boy, that is a nice ballpark to hit the home runs out of. That is a fantastic place. Again, Matt Nevritz, our guest here on Red Radio 920. Go ahead, Damon.
1: A prospect I wanted to ask you about because he did play in the WBC, Jordan Diaz. What can we expect from him this upcoming season?
3: Jordan Diaz is awesome. He's another guy who uh, I think is kind of flying under the radar. The A's have a, a handful of guys like that who are just kind of now starting to get into those top prospect lists. Diaz, really a guy without a position, kind of figures to play mostly at second base, some third base, and maybe some first base where he's actually been rated as a, a top prospect. But he is uh, from Columbia, was able to represent Columbia in the World Baseball Classic, and he's still super young. He's a 22 year old who was signed and made his big league debut last year and his his main skill is bat on ball between two levels last year in the minor leagues he batted 326 i mean i, I just pulled up his numbers in front of me in 26 games in vegas he had four home runs 25 RBIs and batted nearly 350 and i mean he was uh, kind of a surprising guy to get called up when he did during the season and then it was not surprising to see him get called up past year because he did nothing but hit and, you know, it's a good thing to be in the lineup because of your bat, and they'll find a position for him. If you can hit, they will find a spot to put you on the field, especially in the situation kind of the uh, homogenous blob, if you will, of big leaguers kind of rotating around the infield for Oakland this season. And uh, Diaz is a guy who, if he starts of the year in Vegas, he just got optioned out of minor league camp the other day, so he'll likely be here to start the year. I, I don't see him being here long. And if he, if he does get called up, he may come back and forth a couple of times. But I, I could see him. Uh, spending most of the year at the big league level. Fun fact about him, and it's one thing that he doesn't really talk about a lot, he comes from a a family of horse trainers in Colombia, and he actually owns multiple dancing horses. That was something that that was told to me last year, and I had to make sure that I heard it right. But they have these horses that they train to dance, and they enter them into shows, and I guess that that's been a a historical part of his family for a long time down in Colombia.
2: Who doesn't own a dancing
1: horse? Of course. I I'm. guess everybody in Columbia. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Something else I wanted to ask you about. Q mentioned the LV ballpark, but I know that the UNLV Rebels are going to be playing there as they take on ASU. Are you going to be on the call for that game? And what has the UNLV Rebels baseball team been looking like this year?
3: Yeah, so I'll be on the call for that one. I do the uh, the home games for UNLV. So really excited. Last year's game was... Uh, a. a big time comeback Darian Williams who if you know anything about the program know that he's been a big part of the team for the last 5 years now. Uh, he had two triples in the game including one in the 10th inning they ended up walking it off on a wild pitch in extra innings against Arizona State who was in the top 25 at that time. So yeah, back again this year. Uh, it'll be this upcoming Tuesday. You can get your tickets either through uh, UNLVtickets.com or uh, AviatorsLV or, uh, LVavi- or sorry, excuse me, LVaviators.com they got a three-game weekend set coming up against Fresno State that I'll be on the call for those. Those will all be on the Mountain West Network. And then, yeah, Tuesday at 6 o'clock uh, right here against Arizona State. And that's a fun one. Uh, assistant coach and associate head coach, uh, Kevin Higgins, is an Arizona State legend. Uh, he's got a mural painted in the locker room there, so it's always a good matchup when uh, he faces off against his alma mater. And his son, Cade, who's actually a first-year player with UNLV, spent two years at Arizona State before transferring to uh, to be closer to home and. Uh, work with dad all season so it'll be a kind of a revenge game uh, for earlier this season as well these two teams faced off uh, in Arizona that was back on the 21st and UNLV lost 6-3 to so vengeance on the mind as they try and uh, win another game here at Las Vegas ballpark that'll be a high scoring affair it was 12-11 last year and I don't see any reason why there won't be not you know that that much offense once more this year. You
2: know, Matt. Demond mentioned UNLV playing there, but there's also been big league uh, games going on there, right? I mean, the A's played there the other day uh, against the Reds. Kansas City and Colorado's played there. How great is that to be able to have that venue, the ballpark there, Las Vegas ballpark, and be able to have you know a showcase like a big league, uh, you know, big league games there. UNLV play there. Other events happening there, but it's just because it's such a nice ballpark
3: yeah and they really did a good job of not only designing you know the the on field experience, which I think is among the best in minor league baseball. I've made plenty of stops around the minor leagues, and nothing compares to Las Vegas ballpark in terms of the overall game experience when you're here to watch a baseball game, but there's so much that goes on uh, you know behind the scenes, if you will, as far as our awesome club level where we have a ton of private events. we do weddings, birthday parties, retirement. you name it, we've done a, a event we a banquet for it. The, the suites here are as good, or if not better than any major league level suite. We have great attendance, great food. Uh, you know, a full show kitchen with uh, we have three full time chefs on staff. So the food here at Las Vegas Ballpark, as well on top of all the the awesome venue space, is I, I think as good as anybody. Not only in the minor leagues, but in the major leagues, our executive chef Gary De Lucia does it's just such an awesome job of introducing new things. So not only you know, there's new spaces. There's new food. My favorite so far has been the Beef Wellington Burger, which you <laughs> only make 16 of a game, and you've got to get here early for them. So, wow. you know, just just stuff like that. It is a baseball stadium at the end of the day in a really cool downtown area, but there's so much else that goes on here, and it's mm-hmm. a really, really cool event space and, you know, definitely able to adapt to all kinds of different events.
1: We got to keep on big-upping you on this show, man, because you were also on the call for the Big West Championship, as that was in town, you know, during Conference Championship weekend. Of all of the play-by-play that you do, which sport do you enjoy the most?
3: Careful. <laughs> that, that, that is a tough one. No, I love to do basketball. <laughs> um, I, I, I played baseball through college. Uh, I went to a school called Bethany College and then Appalachian State. So I played through college and, you know, got started working in baseball immediately following school. Um, so I've probably done the most baseball, but as far as outside of baseball, I love doing basketball. I've done a ton of basketball, uh, football, got involved with some, you know, I do some of the games for UNLV that aren't picked up on national television. Uh, do some high school games around here and hockey as well. I haven't done hockey in a couple of years, but hockey is a, a ton of fun to do, but yeah, you, you name it, I've called it, uh, really excited to, uh, you know, be involved in so many different aspects of the sports world here in Las Vegas. Absolutely.
2: Well, you'll be on the call for the Aviators starting on the 31st. And of course, those games can be heard right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We're going to do some of our shows out there at the ballpark as well throughout the course of the season. Excited to check out some Aviator baseball and listen to you uh, handle your business as well. And uh, this was fun, Matt. We do appreciate you. and, And hopefully we can do some more of this throughout the course of the season. We'd love to catch up with you and just check out how the Aviators are doing.
3: Absolutely. Anytime. Looking forward to seeing you guys here at Las Vegas Ballpark. No doubt. Thanks so
2: much, Matt. There you go. The voice of the Aviators, Matt Neverett on Twitter, at Matt Uh The Aviators Ballpark, if you haven't been out there at the Las Vegas Ballpark, hell, it's got a pool in it. I mean, it's got a pool. It's a minor league park with a pool. It's got everything. I know. It's awesome. The very first, I swear, the very first weekend that I was here in town, not maybe the very first weekend, but it was the Raiders versus the, uh, versus the Golden Knights at the softball game. And that was the first event that I went to. I don't even think I was on the air yet. I think I just went out to the event, and that's when I actually met Mickey and Mary in person. Uh, and, of course, Mickey is a good friend. Mickey and Mary, great friends of uh, me and the wife and everybody right now, fantastic friends. I actually met them in person there, uh, interviewed the Violator, interviewed a couple other people out there. But when I got out there and I saw this park, I was like, holy blank, 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 blank. This ballpark is amazing, especially coming from... You know, what I'm used to in the Oakland Coliseum, and it used to be an amazing ballpark for baseball. Love the Coliseum. It got switched up, flipped upside down, turned, you know, all that good stuff. We all know the history of the Coliseum. It's not what it used to be. But, man, that ballpark was fantastic. This one, I got there and I was like, wow, this is this is next-level stuff, right? Next-level stuff right here. If you have not been at an event at the ballpark, I encourage you to go. I encourage you to go out there because, man, it is a fantastic outing and go check out aviators game man it's entertaining it's high scoring uh it's going to be a lot of fun the food is great drinks are great atmosphere is fantastic it's it's just it's it's a fun place to go and uh there's a reason why they have big league games there. there's a reason why unlv plays there. there's a reason why there's tournaments played there it's a reason why the pro bowl was there right the
1: practices remember the
2: pro bowl practices were there it's a reason for all that
1: and it's in a great part of town too right over there in Summerlin, like right across the street from the mall, movie theater, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You Red want. Rock, Red Rock. Yeah right, right, yeah, right by the Red Rock. Right there, yeah. right there yeah.
2: next to Red Rock. And uh, you know, my favorite place over there in Red Rock is Hanks. No, it's not Hanks. T Bones.
1: <laughs> Hanks, Hanks is in
2: GVR. T Bones is in Red Rock. T Bones. Huh? Yeah, I got it. Oh, man, I got to get my steak houses. I got to get them straight. I'm working on
1: it. Well, I mean, I, I'd love for you to take me one day, big man. Go ahead, yeah. T-Bones. Go on, big
2: money. <laughs> you know it's funny. The first time I went to T-Bones was Lee Sterling took me. He was in town and he took me. He was like, "Hey, I'm going to be over at T-Bones." I was like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." And I had no idea. And so I was like, "Well, before I went, right before I left the house, I thought, should I roll out like I normally would roll out on a weekend, where I'm just kind of like a Nike Dry Fit shirt and you know some sweats or whatever." Let me go ahead and hit him. I was like, hey, man, is this even a nice place? He's like, it's inside the Red Rock Casino. I was like, okay, never mind. I already know. Let me go get the golf pants on, you know, put a little collar shirt on, (laughs) act like I, you know, have a little bit of home training. And uh, it was fantastic. It was really good. So, uh, yeah, that's a good place to go. So many thanks to uh, Matt Nevert for joining us there. We're just going to stay here as we close out the show. Uh, Again, before we talk to Matt, we uh, broke the news about Foster Morrow. Uh, If you're just tuning in, uh, he tweeted out a little while ago. Of course, he's a free agent right now. He uh, was on a visit. To the New Orleans Saints, that's actually where I thought he was going to sign, and he was going through a physical, and his tweet says, Through somewhat of a miraculous process, this free agency period has been life-changing for me. During a routine physical conducted by the Saints medical team down in New Orleans, I've come to learn that I have Hodgkin's lymphoma and will be stepping away from football at this time to fight a new opponent. Cancer, I'm grateful for the support and thankful for people who have stood with me, firm with me. There hasn't been a single step I've taken without hundreds of people lighting the path before me, and I'll continue to seek their guidance. That being said, I'll go kick this thing's ass and get back to doing what I love, AMDG. That's Foster Morrow on Twitter. And at first, when we first saw it, um, while Paloma Villacana was on the phone with us, it it came, and then it disappeared, and I thought, okay, well, maybe someone's just playing a joke, and it's an ugly joke if it had been a joke, but it wasn't. Uh, he had just uh, either he wrote something wrong, and he wanted to redo it. I don't know what it was, but once it popped back up, now it's caught on like wildfire. The Raiders have tweeted out their support for Foster, and I've seen some people tweet some dumb stuff about the Raiders. How did they not catch it? Always got to be somebody in there that wants to turn it into and make it about themselves, right? And this is way bigger than football. All prayers are to foster. I say it all the time that life means so much more than this game. We get passionate about this game. We get fired up about this game. This game is the reason why I'm here in Las Vegas. So it's been life-changing for me, but this is way different than a life-changing job. This is life-changing period. So uh, sometimes we have to be reminded and put things into perspective, and it's just as simple as, uh, a young man a very healthy young man you know that foster is one of, i mean he's he's healthier than any of us in this building right i mean it's just uh, that's just who he is and to go through a, a a routine physical as he's on his free agency trip can you imagine what that conversation must have been like i mean i could only imagine the phone call or whatever I, who however it happened but i'm glad it happened to the point where they found out ahead of time right that's that's what's most important again Uh, All prayers are to foster. We got a few text messages that I do want to pass along real quick. Uh, Jim from Yonkers said, God bless Foster Morrow and his family. In a way, he's probably fortunate that they detected it. Thank you for a great show. Robin Oakland said, it may be too early to look towards treatment, but it may be helpful for some context. There are many, many different types of cancer. Nothing is definite, but Hodgkin lymphoma responds very well to modern treatments. Many times, really big lymph nodes get to normal size and remission on the first-line treatments. I'm saddened to hear this, and my best wishes are with Foster and his family. I, I fully believe him when he says that he's going to win this battle. That's Robin Oakland. And then Gizmo said, thanks for bringing Foster's cancer fight to light cue. It truly is a miracle that they discovered the Hodgkin lymphoma early via routine physical early detection. Survival rate for this cancer is just about 90%. He's got a tough road ahead, but he will make it. I've lost two close relatives of cancer. So I know how positive vibes much are much needed at this time. Like this one more text, Hodgkin's lymphoma is the same type of cancer that Eric Berry had and recovered from. Hopefully Foster can fight this off too. So there is that. Great, great thoughts right there on the Broke.com text line. Again, we argue, we fight, we be, and we moan around here. But at the end of the day, man, as, as far as I'm concerned, life is all that matters. Games be damned. Life is all that matters. So many prayers to the Morrow family, many prayers to Foster, uh, and any of his friends and family that are around him. I mean, that's, it's got to be some tough times. So we'll be back here tomorrow doing the same old thing. You know how we do, 2 to 5 p.m. Make sure you're waking up with the morning tailgate at 7 a.m. Radio Nation Radio, 920.